On this episode of Common Mystics, we invite our friends of the Canadian pod, I did not sign up for this, to present what we have selected as the scariest haunted locations in the United States and Canada. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are common mystics. We find extraordinary stories in ordinary places. And today we are asking our listeners to decide which of these extraordinary places they think is the scariest. Yay, thank you guys for being on. Oh my gosh, hi. Thank you, hi, thanks for having us. Can you introduce yourselves to our mystical listeners and tell us a little bit about your pod before we start? Yeah, you bet. I'm Carling, I am co-host to the podcast I did not sign up for this. We are from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we interview everyday people with interesting stories to tell. I'm Michelle. I'm the other co-host. We, our podcast was kind of born out of our own crazy lives. I'm a widow with five children and uh, Carling has been through uh, that one time where she married a man and then realized just by that accident. she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just she fell right into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but she were, married like the worst man. So yeah. uh, we kind of were reflecting on our lives and how we didn't sign up for a lot of this stuff and decided there's a lot of everyday people who feel the same way. And so we love sharing their stories and connecting with people and making people feel less alone. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So are you guys ready for some friendly competition? Yes. (laughs) I'm excited. It's not really competition. I, oh my God, it totally is because you guys are going to be voting listeners, Misty's, you guys are going to be voting on Instagram and Facebook. what the scary location is. Okay. 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 I'm excited. One of you ladies, you guys decide what, who's going to go first and then Jen will follow up and then another one and then another Canadian spot and then me. So we'll kind of sure. switch back and forth. Are we starting with Canada? Yes. Because you're you oh. are our friendly neighbors and you are the yeah. guest. <laughs> well, thank you. I love that. OK, we each picked Canada and U.S., but yeah. we're only doing one Canada. That's fine. Yeah, we're going to do one Canada. I did a Canada and a U.S. Okay. OK, OK. Is that OK? We'll take it. Okay. I will start with mine. I picked local as local as I can get, which is right here in Calgary. It's called the Prince house and it's currently located at heritage park in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And it's thought to be one of the most haunted houses in Calgary. And so it was built in 1894. The Prince house was originally owned by Peter Anthony Price, an affluent local entrepreneur. He brought the first streetlights to Calgary after slipping on a dark street. I guess it was like common in bigger cities, but not yet in Calgary. And then after he slipped, he was like, you know what we need? That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) None of this crap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he made a lot of money doing it. I guess he ended up marrying four times. Three of his wives died and the last one outlived him. A little suspicious. Yes. What I was trying to dig into and I couldn't find it was that like, that seems odd, even for 1860s, 1890 something mm-hmm. to have three wives die in your house before you. A hundred percent made my ear perk. Yeah. So I couldn't find anything, but if, if anybody knows something, please tell me. So Peter's second wife, Emma Wallen was confined to the third floor of the house due to her tuberculosis. And the third floor is said to be haunted by her. It's closed off for safety reasons from the public. So only curators can go up there. But the third floor was also the living quarters of the servants employed by the Price family. 
Um, so according to one of Heritage Park's security guards, he had noticed that all the lights on the third floor were on one night and there's actually no electricity in that building. They literally just like moved it from its location to Heritage Park. And so he thought that was weird. And when he went in there, he couldn't find any of the lights on once he actually went in the house, but from outside he had seen it. And then another security guard also noticed that the balcony window on the third floor kept swinging open and closed. And I've read this a few times that this type of thing has happened. So this security guard brought in a guard dog and it refused to go in. It froze at the door, hackles up tail between its legs, and it wouldn't go into the building. Yeah. Dogs are stupid. Yeah. Dogs know. (laughs) Yeah. And then so then he took the dog out again and the dog was fine after that. And then the second floor is where the nursery was located. And it is where a lot of people have reportedly seen a lady dressed in like period costume, like white flowing dressing, high lace collar. She's been seen wrapping a baby up in a blanket and sitting in a chair in the corner of the room, rocking the baby. Some staff have also heard loud stomping on the sub- on the floor. And a lot of objects on the second floor get moved around a lot. And so this is, I feel like every town has a, has a heritage park where, yeah, you can go, but all the rooms are roped off. So you can look inside, but you can't actually go in the room. And then I couldn't find this guy's name, but in 2016, a paranormal investigator spent the night at the Prince house. Mm -mm. And he said he felt like it was evil in there. Like he didn't feel right. And he awoke in the night to the sound of banging. He found his flashlight had gone missing and a doorknob was thrown at him. <gasps> and so he did not stay the whole night. He left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I have a hard time even just going in there as a tourist. Uh, yeah. I like how it like escalated. Like there's being like, get out, get out. Yeah. And, then he's, like, and then he's just throwing shit. He's like, get he's like, like no, you're get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is that like animals are like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they see the the grown like the grown-ups the <laughs> people and they're like seriously are you stupid i yeah, already told idiot. you right <laughs> like fine you go in there see what happens yeah that's awesome so, i just feel like if it's so evil and he did have three wives die before him what happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they're trying to they're trying to tell you something yeah especially wealthy people do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you would go to like a special tuberculosis ward somewhere you wouldn't be like confined and even the word confined just seems a little off i don't want to be confined Mm -hmm. so you've been you've been in that house you've gone on a tour yeah so you can go to heritage park yeah and and go through and i mean i'm always anticipating being scared Mm -hmm. and so i think i approach it with like i won't look at anything too closely i won't look in a mirror (laughs) i don't want to look up at the windows because i'm too like i want to but i'm too scared so i don't know that i would be the one to personally experience it because i don't like let myself michelle have you been there yeah i've been to heritage park quite a few times and yeah it's kind of like you're always like looking up at the windows to see like if you can see anything right but like what Carling said, you don't really want to see anything. Like yeah. you don't want to yeah. be scared. I don't like being scared. So yeah, I don't know. It's like, I want to experience it, but I don't. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. if you are going to experience like in the light of day with like mm-hmm. friends yes. and family there surrounded by you. Yeah, you for go. sure. For yeah. sure. Maybe some sage burning just to yeah. be safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, do you want to share your scary? Sure. So I chose the Winchester house in San Jose, California. 
Have yeah. you ladies heard of the Winchester house? No, I haven't. Oh, really? Oh, this okay. is going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> so it was built by Sarah Winchester, who was the widow of William Winchester of the Winchester Firearm Company, which of course manufactured firearms and ammunition Yeah, in the late 1800s. Her husband, William, died of tuberculosis in 1881, and his widow, Sarah, inherited a fortune. She was distraught, of course, after losing her husband, and she wanted some direction about what should she do with all of these millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a problem I wish I had. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so she sought guidance, not from an investor or an accountant, <laughs> but from a psychic medium. Oh, no. That makes sense to me. I would do right? that. I would be like, <laughs> where should I put this money? Totally. Yeah, we would have hung out with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For mm-hmm. a minute. And then I would be like, you know what? She's a little too much. She's a little extra. We'll get to the end of the story and then I'll ask you again if we would have hung out with her. Sarah consulted a psychic medium. And that medium purportedly was able to channel her late husband, William, and what she found out would change the rest of her life because William told her to move from her home in Connecticut and go to California and use her fortune to build a house for all of the souls who fell victim of the Winchester firearms over the years. And if she didn't do this, if she didn't build a house for these restless souls, they would haunt her for the rest of her life. Oh, my God. In 1884, Sarah purchased a small, unfinished house in San Jose and renovations began. Carpenters worked around the clock for 40 years, building haphazardly without a plan. Staircases were built and extended up floors and would end at the ceiling. Doors were built to open up into solid walls. There were hallways that were winding and they'd turn a corner and just suddenly dead end. There were 13 bathrooms in the seven story house, 13 bathrooms and only one of them was functional. Wow, (laughs) that sucks. Instead of going to architects to advise her on the building of this house, she continued to get advice from psychic mediums. And it was the spirits who told her what to do and what to build in the house. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's why there were so many illogical additions made to the 161 rooms. Oh, my God. Now, after Sarah's death in 1922... Appraiser has deemed the structure worthless because nobody could live there. And it's it has this sort of fun house mystery from even the time she was building it. Everyone was like, what the hell is happening at that house? What are you doing? Yeah. So five months after her death, it was open to the public for tours. And as late as 2016, they found a secret room that nobody knew about. Oh, my God. So to this day, you can go to this historic landmark. And of course, it's purportedly haunted. People say that it's haunted by Sarah Winchester herself. But in any event, it is a mystery house that has been the source of intrigue for, at this point, over a century. Wow. Can you imagine being her neighbor? (laughs) 
my God. And be like, she's at it again. I'll be like, can we just not tonight? Like, just not. It's Christmas. Can we just <laughs> relax? 40 years. 40 oh, that's years. insane. I wonder if after she died, she like got to wherever you go. And her husband was there and he's like, what were you doing? Those yeah, like, not even real. Real. Yeah. And she was like, oh, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine having to go to the bathroom in the house and not knowing which one? Yeah. Where like, do I where, go? Like it's an emergency. And like having to do like the pee pee dance until you find the right one. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's Terrible. crazy. And then like walking up a flight of stairs and then just hitting the ceiling. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> For oh real. So I've never been there. I would love to see yeah. the, the Winchester house. So it's still standing and it. And do, like, do they do tours? They do tours. They do. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, it's not seven stories anymore. Apparently there was an mm. earthquake at one point and the top three stories were removed um, because yeah. of damage. Now there's still four stories, but it's, it's a, I've talked to people who've been there and it's, it's a great experience. It, it is oh, insane. So cool. It sounds like a fire hazard. It yeah. does for real. <laughs> a know, bathroom real. hazard, a fire hazard, <laughs> yeah. a mess. All kinds of mess. All right. My what gosh. else do we have? Is it my turn? It is your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I picked um, the Bant Springs Hotel. Uh, Bant Springs Hotel was built about 128 years ago in Banff, right in front of the Rocky Mountains. And uh, it's gorgeous. It's this gigantic hotel that. Um, you can take a gondola up the mountain and, and look down on it and it's gorgeous. And, um, royalty has visited there. Like Queen Elizabeth has been there. Um, Marilyn Monroe, Helen Keller, which I thought was wow. interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But there's a lot of different stories when it comes to the Banff Springs because it is so old. One of the most famous ones is about a bride. And, um, in the late 1920s, a young couple was getting married at the hotel and the bride wearing her wedding dress started descending the staircase and she fell. And so they say she either tripped, like her heel got caught in her hem and she tripped or um, her dress brushed a candle flame. And anyway, she ended up at the bottom of the stairs and she died. Mm. And so now people, guests and people who work there have reported seeing a bride going up and down the stairs um, in a long white dress or they've also seen her in the ballroom waiting for her like first dance with her husband who oh. she never got to have. Right. So oh. that's one of the most popular ones. And it even actually cre- they created a stamp and a coin with her on it as a dead bride. Yeah. Wow. wow. Super interesting. So wait, Canada, Canada yeah. created an official stamp with this <laughs> yeah. ghost on it. And coin, yeah. I like Canada. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Move We're over, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, right? We got a dead bride. <laughs> Another really common one is Sam the Bellman. Sam McCauley was an old Scotsman, and he was head Bellman in the 60s and 70s, and he passed in 1975. He's a very helpful spirit. He's always helping people. And you can see him working in um, his office. It used to be an office. It's now a guest room. So people have spotted him in there. A popular story is that two elderly women were calling because their key wasn't working for their door. So they were calling the other bellman and it was going to take him about 15 minutes to get there. But by the time he got there, their room was open 
And they said, oh, um, the other bellman helped us, the man in the plaid jacket. And there were no other bellmen working that night. And that fits Sam's description perfectly. Um, so he's just like a helpful guy. Right. That's pretty nice. If you're like haunt something, be nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. We don't hear enough about the helpful ghosts. <laughs> yeah, right. The don't. chain rattlers. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, fix my every key. place is sh- so short staffed lately. Like we can use some <laughs> ghosts that are that are haunting to kind of help a little bit. Right. Why not? They're there. <laughs> It does suck that that he's like working still, like he never retired. Yeah. You know, like yeah. in the ever after, you're still having to deal with hotel guests. I'd be like, oh, not today. Yeah, the people he's working like, there, like Sam. Could you just like come on? Can you just help for a second? Like we're really yeah. we're really busy. <laughs> but yeah, and then there are also quite a few um, experiences with haunted rooms. Mm. Um, some people have reported sleeping and their pillow being yanked out from under their head. Oh, it's the no. worst to be mm-hmm. messed with when you're sleeping. Could you imagine? Uh, have some respect, people. Not when yeah. we're sleeping. <laughs> no, yeah. absolutely uh-uh. not. Nope. And also being like physically pushed out of the bed. Oh. People have reported that as well. There mm. is one very famous room. It is room 873. And it was reported that a husband and wife and daughter were staying in that room. And one night the husband, the same quotes went crazy. Um, he, you know, had an episode or whatever and killed his wife and daughter and then took his own life. Oh my goodness. And since then, this room has been haunted people who have stayed there, which I don't know why you would stay there. <laughs> I can't get it. Right. <laughs> like all, of that. Uh, all of it. I they would say have, like the, the adjacent room. I wouldn't yeah, say like that I would in across that room. The yeah. 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 But there have been reports of them waking up in the middle of the night to screams of like women's screams. They've also woken up to bloody handprints on the mirrors and windows. Um, And then the maid will come and like wipe them off. And then the next day they'll show back up again. (gasps) And these reports became so common that they ended up actually boarding up the room. So you can no longer stay in that room. Every floor of the hotel has a room that ends in 73, except for the eighth floor. Oh, that's so spooky. The people who work at the hotel do not speak about it. They say that there was never a room there or that they boarded it up to make a a room bigger somewhere else or something like that. But there have been a lot of people who have gone to the end of the hallway and knocked on the wall and felt, you know, hollow behind there. Or they have seen an image of a little girl standing outside of the room looking to be lost. (sighs) Yeah. It also is rumored that the Banff Springs and that story was the inspiration for Stephen King to write The Shining. It sounds a little like The Shining. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. So I've been there. I was there quite a few years ago. It's a very cool hotel. It's very interesting. Um, It looks like a castle, right? Like it's old and cool. I've never been to that floor or anything like that, but it is a very interesting place to be. That's bucket list. Cool. Yeah, I go. absolutely. Banff is, has been on my list for a long time. Have you heard gorgeous. of it? Yeah. I have heard of it. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of it. I'm excited. Yeah, we should it's go. It's beautiful. It's Let's a big, fly into um, Calgary. Yeah. So stay with us. We'll Ooh. drive you out to Bamp. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very big um, like, tourist We'll pick you place. up later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's huge for tourism. And I think they have like a, like a movie festival. Oh, oh, that's oh a cool. film festival. Film yeah. Festival. Yes. Nice. So, and a lot of famous people have been there to, for the film festival and um, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 
All right, Jill, you're up. So you guys, this is an island that is frequently overlooked when you're looking at a map. It's called Heart Island, and it is located in Long Island Sound, northeast of the Bronx in New York City. It is the most haunted location that has not been investigated because it is owned right now and operated by the New York City Department of Corrections. The island is a mile long and a quarter uh, to a third of a mile wide. So it's very small. And yet it has more than a million souls buried there in mass graves. Mm -hmm. Some are buried on top of one another because for over 150 years, the island has been a depository for the bodies of the poor, the sick, the unclaimed and the troubled. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the long term plan with something like that? Like what I don't when you just keep burying, you're going to run out of space. And then what? They're on top of one another. Yeah. Then they layer up. Yes. Getting higher and higher. Oh, I know. So it started in eight or 1654. What? This English doctor bought the island from natives. Okay. And then in 1865, 3000 Confederate prisoners of war were imprisoned on the island. Mm. Okay. So this island has something for everybody. There's a whole lot going on there. Okay. In 1868, the Department of Charities and Corrections purchased the island and they started burying people in what is the beginning of the public burial site. Then in 1885, they built the pavilion, which was in a woman's insane asylum on the island. So you have all these burials, all this energy on this little itty bitty island. And then we're just going to add an insane asylum. Just put it right there in the middle of that. And then wonder why nobody's getting any better. Yeah. Yeah. In 1914, they added a reformatory for troubled boys to be housed on the island. I swear to God. In 1931, they created a Christian chapel, which with you need, you yeah. really you need the Lord if you're going to be on this you island. Know, Twelve of those. Also, like they don't even have the room, or they just all like bam, 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 like yeah. next to each other. If you look at an aerial view of this island, there's still abandoned structures there today. There's about 19 of them, and what's so oh. weird is it's like abandoned brick building. Mar- grave marker of like a mass Ooh, grave and then yeah. it's like and it's like everywhere so amongst the mass graves there are these massive buildings like just oh it's wow. super creepy i'm not even done yet in, <laughs> in 1941 they're like you guys this is getting really overcrowded here let's dig up the prisoners of war from the civil war and bring them back to queens so they what? started taking the prisoners the civil war dead and they buried them somewhere else in queens so not only are they burying people there but they're like you know what we should get some of these guys out of here they're disturbing yes, yes. Uh, oh yes. my god also who had that job oh right. my god and yeah. how, because these are mass graves, how do you know if these are the Civil War people or the other people we've been putting on the islands? Like, how do you yeah. know this? In the 1950s, the island, again, it's something for everyone, housed anti-aircraft defense missiles during the Cold War. Hmm. 
Yes. Mm. In 1967, the Phoenix House is used as an old tuberculosis hospital and a drug treatment center. So if you have a drug problem, they're shipping you to the island. So you can can, uh, deal with those demons. You're going to get tuberculosis. You're going to get haunted. And you're probably going to have like a young kid try to steal your wallet or something. <laughs> this is insane, Jill. Did know, anything this, not happen on that island? It gets so much worse. In the 1990s oh. to the present day, the island is known to be the burial site for people with who had been victim of diseases during pandemics and epidemics such as the oh. AIDS epidemic of the oh. 1980s. The first victims of AIDS from New York City are buried on the island. And at the time, they were so freaked out. They're like, we're burying extra deep. (laughs) We're burying them extra deep and farther away from the other millions that are laying there. So once they found out that you can't get HIV from a corpse, then they're like, ah, put them in the mass burials with the rest of them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. But a Mm. lot of those people who died of AIDS weren't claimed because their families didn't want to be associated with them. Yeah. Which is just so sad. That's absolutely right. Wow. Even as late as 2020, they were using the island as a mass burial site for people with COVID. I heard that. Wow. Mm -hmm. That I didn't realize, but I remember hearing that there was like some island that they were shipping bodies off to. That's That's exactly right. Jill came to win. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) So today... There are still, like I said, 19 structures. It is still being used as a mass grave site. The prisoners of Rikers Island, which is an infamous prison in New York City, they are the ones that are burying their fellow inmates, unclaimed bodies on the island. So that could be your job. Like you just get ferried to the island for the day so you can be a part of this mass burial crazy oh my and, God. and because the department of corrections still has possession and ownership of the island it's really it's not accessible that's why no one's been able to like get there for ghost hunting because yeah. the department oh. of corrections in new york city is like they're not having it they're like you know no. we're still using this place it's still the largest tax funded cemetery not just in the united states but in the world and it's the largest potter's field of unknown dead in the united states Here's what we That's need to do. Insane. One of you need to break the law. Oh, done. enough <laughs> so that you end up there somehow. You're on, oh. you're on body duty. Yeah. <laughs> Investigate it. <laughs> and then we'll like get a boat from Canada to come swoop you out and like yeah. get you out of there. <laughs> I think we should just be famous and to be like, we have podcasts. So yeah. can we like get on it. <laughs> That seems better because you know what? Honestly, it feels like a lot of manual labor that I'm just not into to be very <laughs> fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just seems very you strenuous. Hold the, like shade umbrella over no. the person who's doing <laughs> the digging. Go. Right. There you go. Not as strenuous. Like that is very considerate. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that creepy? Like, that's yeah. like, so creepy. It's got to be haunted. 100%. Okay. You've got Confederate soldiers walking around. You've got prisoners walking around. You've got, I mean, in re- and then you have the, the boys reformatory, the women's estate asylum, the tuberculosis center, the drug. Oh, like what oh did God. this island do? And it's just like a mile long. Like, really, guys? 
Yeah. Yeah. Jill, how many times did you call to try to get us on that island? <laughs> I, I know you're harassing somebody with the Department of Corrections. I we'll honestly really feel like this is way too much for me. Like, I feel like I would ship it. You have to wait for a ferry. Like you're yeah. stuck yeah. there. Oh, that's a good. You're point. trying to get off that island, and you're just standing there, yes. like, come on, come on, <laughs> like, come on let's go. Wow. Has there not been a movie made about this? No kidding. Yeah. So it, some fandom website said that they referred to it in like a Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters? like comic, yeah, Ghostbusters, like the Ghostbusters, okay. like oh. comic book, like fan fiction. So oh, I don't really know, but yeah. It's it's creepy. You can go online and you can see aerial footage of the island and some of the prisoners accounts when they were scheduled there. They have like drone footage and they describe how it was to be burying <gasps> other people on the island. Oh, it's, it's really the creepiest thing on Earth. They probably Ooh. have a canned like voicemail where it's like, if you're calling to come to this island to ghost hunt, <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should. Well, Jennifer and I have gotten um, into cemeteries on official cemetery business. Like, ah. it would be like, you have to be an official cemetery business. Right, of course. Well, kind of, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sounds official to me. I mean. Absolutely. We'll design you a little badge. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Badges mm-hmm. are very impressive. They yeah. are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, Carling, you have another another location to discuss in the United yes. States this time. I picked an American one Ooh. for my second one. I really felt like America had more to offer in terms of spooky things. You're welcome. <laughs> so thank you. Come on down. America. Yeah, this is. Yeah. So this one is somewhere I want to go to Colorado. I've never been. And this one is an entire town called St. Elmo, Colorado. Never Ooh. heard of this. Really? Okay. Swear. Well. Tell me everything. Yeah, it was originally called Forest City, but there were too many towns with the word forest. So they were like, you guys can't have this. So they, Bullshit. so yeah, I know they wanted to talk to somebody about that, but St. Elmo, it was settled in 1878 and it became an official township in 1880 with the arrival of the first post office. St. Elmo went through a massive gold rush, reaching the height of its population of 2000 residents in only 10 days. So I imagine somebody, there was no Twitter at the time, but whatever the 1878 Twitter equivalent was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were like, we got gold. And then everybody came. Well, Um, during the 1880s, usually the gold rush was all the way to California. If someone found gold in Colorado, I would for sure stop there as opposed to California. Like on the side of the Rockies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The majority of the town worked in one of the four local mines. One of them was called the Mary Murphy mine, and it was the most profitable and the longest operating. So you can still go today, I guess, to this town and look around. And the most famous ghost of St. Elmo is Annabelle Dirty Annie Stark. Oh, why is she yeah. dirty? Why is she that's dirty? Yeah. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she's haunting it. She's like, guys, right? don't call me that. Don't call me dirty. Fist. Yeah. So Annabelle. Plus, a, a ghost named Annabelle. I mean, you know that this is going to be crazy. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Annabelle is the descendant of Anton and Anna Stark, who arrived in St. Elmo with the Pacific Railroad in 1881. Anton was a section boss in the mines while Anna ran the home comfort hotel located on Poplar Street and the general store. 
Both structures are still standing today. Anna Stark was known as cruel and harsh woman who never allowed her three children, Roy, Tony, and Annabelle, out into town to mingle or work alongside what she deemed to be the simple town folk. Annabelle grew up attractive and passionate for the town, and her love of St. Elmo was fierce. After the death of her mother, Annabelle and Tony inherited the hotel, and the once impeccably clean establishment fell to shambles. Hmm. So... Along with the decline of the town, Annabelle began to lose her grasp on reality. The town soon called her Dirty Annie, as she would often come out in filthy clothing and her hair was in a tangled mess. Finally, free from the harsh rule of her mother, most assumed this was her quiet rebellion. So her mom was so strict her whole life that she just like was like, I'm now going to be Dirty Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) residents remember her strolling the main street with her shotgun loaded and hung over her one shoulder ready to protect the town from anyone who dared to threaten it and since her death it is told she can still be found roaming the streets you know that got dark i mean if she's gonna be dirty fine be dirty you know what i mean like you do you but not yeah but now with a shotgun i'll be like well (laughs) yeah don't come into her town (laughs) and then so only a short while after annabelle had passed away the hotel left to a family friend whose grandchildren were playing inside the hotel Suddenly, all of the doors slammed shut and the temperature dropped 20 degrees. The children cried and screamed, and finally the room returned to the outside temperature and the door releasing slowly swung open. So it didn't give me a date of this, but those kids probably, I hope, are in therapy today if they're still around. I think so. So the next part of this with we think is still Dirty Annie, a woman skiing down Poplar Street at dusk was struck by a peculiar sight of a lovely looking woman in a long white gown glaring out of the second story window of the Home Comfort Hotel. The skier was shocked because she knew the owner of the hotel was on vacation and that no one was supposed to be inside. She turned to see that the what the woman was eyeing and she noticed snowmobiles approaching. Snowmobiling is illegal in St. Elmo, so the skier went and advised a group the group who promptly apologized and went on their way when she turned back to look at the hotel the woman in the window still watching lowered her head nodded at the woman turned and vanished before her eyes so curious and in disbelief the skier went back the next day thankfully the next day like wait till daylight and she found every window and door were locked and when the owner of the hotel returned the two women searched the property and nothing was found so maybe it was annabelle she's like the original karen yes (laughs) (laughs) yes that's so funny do not mess with my town oh yeah wow you know, I creepy. literally was thinking someone needs to be like, Annie, it's time to take a bath. But then she had the shotgun and I wouldn't say that to her. No, yeah. mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. don't even try it. Annie, just live your life. Mm-hmm. Annie, are you OK? Is what I would like <laughs> to say. <laughs> and ask repeatedly in beats. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and <they're okay. laughs> Maybe Michael Jackson named that song after yeah, her. We don't know. One wonders. I don't think so. She's not. She's not not okay. She's not. not. (laughs) She's not. She would have been sent to the insane asylum on that island. Oh my god! The Mm. timing matched up. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. That's creepy. I don't like it. So that's my American one. (laughs) And now that's on my list of places I need to go. Yeah, Yeah, that's not too far out, Jen. We can go to Saint Elmo. There you go. We'll look that one up. I would love that. I yeah. 
Jennifer has a really scary one. Okay. Okay. So have you heard of Alcatraz? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I chose Alcatraz because clearly it is the location of an infamous maximum security federal prison that um, is located or was located on Alcatraz Island in the San Francisco Bay off the coast of California. And it was in operation 1933 through 1962. And conditions, as you can imagine there, were very primitive for the prisoners and they were often very brutal. And it was known as, quote, the devil's prison of America. So things were bad at Alcatraz. But what people, many of us didn't know, I did not know this, don't know, I did not know this, is that the stories of hauntings predate the prison altogether. Alcatraz Island was considered evil long before the prison was built there. Indigenous peoples banished their own to the island for breaking tribal laws. So they sent their most violent offenders to Alcatraz Island. The Ohlone people avoided the island at all costs and believed that evil spirits occupied it. When Spanish explorers came to the area, they wrote in their travelogues about the island. They called it a bad place (sighs) and they described an eerie light that would emanate from it. Nope. Oh, no, oh. no, no. Isn't that crazy? No, thank you. So let's build a prison there. <laughs> yes. <right? laughs> they probably got a tax break, a deal on the purchase price. <laughs> probably. When the United States found itself in possession of the island in 1848, they deemed it the, the perfect place to put a prison. Oh, and naturally. the original prison there was hellish. There was no natural water source because the bay is salt water. And so the prisoners were forced to drink contaminated water. And so many of them died of disease. They only had one meal a day and they lived in dark, tiny cells in the damp basement of the place. Many of them lost their minds on this island. Now, by the time the federal penitentiary Alcatraz that we know of was opened in 1933, Mm -hmm. Alcatraz was already steeped in supernatural energy. And it's said that there was an original lighthouse that was built in 1854. It has long since been replaced with a newer lighthouse. But they say that on foggy nights, you can still see its green light flashing and circling the island before it completely disappears. Oh, no. Lighthouses are always haunted. It's a true statement. Something about islands and prisons. Yeah. And lighthouses. And lighthouses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a triple, triple threat here. Yes. Now, apparently every single guard who's ever worked at the federal prison between 1933 and 1962 has had some sort of unexplained experience, right? There are um, reports of women's crying coming from walls, like stone walls and women crying, permanent cold spots, doors slamming for no reasons, whispering, um, the sounds of gun firing. Now on multiple occasions, 
guards working at the prison would hear this cacophony of guns and shells and victims screaming. And so they'd load up and they'd all run there expecting to find like this terrible fight and there'd be nothing. And this happened all the time. They'd rush to the sound only to arrive at the location and there was nobody there. All the ghosts are giggling. They're like, <laughs> right, right. You got, got again. Yeah. <laughs> but the most terrifying accounts are about something that guards and prisoners both refer to as the thing. Oh, no. The thing, according to several sources, appears in the dark as bright, red, glowing eyes. No. Uh There's one account that in the 1940s, there was an inmate who was locked up in the whole solitary confinement. Mm. And he was in there. And after a while, he began screaming that someone was in there with him. And the guards knew that that couldn't be true. He was in solitary. That's the whole point of solitary confinement. There's nobody in there. So they ignored him. He kept screaming, screaming something about glowing eyes. Eventually, his screaming stopped. And the next morning, when the guards checked on him, they found that he was dead. And not only that, there were strangulation marks around oh, his neck. My oh, my God. God. So that oh. is Alcatraz. Yikes. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, glowing red eyes. Like, that's but, next level. The thing. And these are like prison guards? No. Yeah. You know they're hard asses anyway. That's not a ghost. Yeah. That's, that's not, not a ghost. ghost. That's not a human no, that's who is like fast and coming back. Like, yeah. That's like next level evil. That's like hell yeah. situation. Yeah. I feel dirty oh, just no, knowing God. this now. Right? Yeah. Don't you feel like... I don't like that. I don't like yeah. that. No, that's bad. That's bad. That's really I'm glad bad. We're I still recording go, during though. the day. <laughs> oh yeah, my god! Wanna I go. don't want to go. I still want to take the tour. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go. Yes, you're going with me. The mm. thing, Jennifer. I'm not prepared for the thing. <laughs> you got to do what I do and just don't look. Yeah, <laughs> I just like that's my tactic. Don't look too closely oh, at anything. God. Yeah, oh, right. Jesus, scary. Okay, okay. Michelle, Michelle, you're up, man. Okay, so. <laughs> Clear um, this negative space. Get us going out of this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Um, okay, so I I did research another I, a U.S. one, but I do have a little bit on another Canadian one. Give me so, Canadian. Okay, so Canadian would be um, something called the Screaming Tunnel. I don't know Ooh. this. It is located on Niagara on the lake in Ontario. Oh, so I'm originally from Ontario, so I thought I would find some east stories nice love so the tunnel was created in the 1900s as a drainage passage for you know water but a lot of the farm farmers decided to use it as a pass-through so that they could avoid on the train tracks and not Mm. have to wait for the trains makes sense i hear that right it's 125 (laughs) feet of limestone oh wow giant tunnel that you can Get your tractor through. And we know what mm-hmm. limestone really holds a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really so does it. Mm-hmm. It was creepy from the very beginning because it developed moss. So it was like covered Ooh, in moss. Yeah. And just looked like mm. the creepiest thing. <laughs> so there's a couple different versions of this story, but it, they're all involved a 12 year old girl. Oh, no. 
As soon as you bring in a kid, it's not going to be good. Well, and kid spirits are really, really scary. The creepiest yes. spirits. Yes. So scary. Yeah, I, yeah, yes. I can't. And so one of the stories was that there was a farmhouse and there was a fire and a girl came running out of the barn covered in flames and she what? ran through the tunnel, but she died of her injuries in the tunnel and she is now haunting the tunnel mm-hmm. um, and people can hear her screaming in oh, the middle of the God. night. Uh-uh. So another version of that story was that she was running from her father who was mad at her. And he lost it on her and beat her and lit her on fire. Oh and my she, God. Yeah. And she burned to death again in the tunnel. And another one was that uh, she was raped by an unknown assailant and was burned to death to cover, like, hide the evidence. Oh, so she has been known to haunt the tunnel uh, since then. And there's one more quick one also in Niagara. And it's called the Parks Power Station. And this is like a power station under the falls that, I don't know, what, like electricity, does what right? power stations uh-huh. do. Right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, William Ranky was the founder and he, and this was in 1905. So he became ill and quickly died of congestive heart failure not long after he got married. And his young wife, Annette, was heartbroken and she spent years using mediums and psychics to try to reach him eventually she spiraled into a deep depression and disappeared Mm. and she has been known to haunt now this niagara power station same thing lots of screaming lots of wailing lots of crying so Mm. there's a couple different places in niagara that are haunted by women screaming women screaming women (laughs) yeah yeah the one that i researched a lot was the villisca axe murders in iowa have you heard of this I've never heard of that. Now you ladies have to go to Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Iowa's kind of boring, guys. <laughs> to be honest, it's just very flat. No, it's not. Not long. for these axe murderers. <laughs> this place seems legit, but we'll in 1912, <laughs> it was a father and mother and their three children or four children. And then they had two girls sleeping over in the main floor in the guest room. And in the middle of the night, somebody came into the house and killed them all with an axe, all oh eight God. of them. And this person was swinging the axe so much that it was leaving like axe marks in the ceiling. Oh my God. What? And they have not, like, they've never found out who it was. And what was year this? was this? This was in 1912. Oh. They're not likely to find them now. No, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple suspects. One was this like creepy sexual pervert, and but he was also a pastor. Oh yeah, it was him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was guilty. Um, Dips and then on that another guy. one was a kind of a rival of the fathers who they were in business together and then he went off and started his own business, but they never found out who it was and he killed two adults, six children, and this house is like mega haunted. Where is it? This is in so it's V I L L I S C A, Valeska, Iowa. Hmm. Jill's like on Google Maps. Like, yeah, okay, I'm like, I'm quickest <laughs> route to Valeska. It's really not that far. Oh, yeah. no. Iowa isn't that far from Jen. One of the creepiest things was that during the investigation, the word got out to the people in the town before it could even be like finished. And like hundreds of people came to this house and were going in the house oh. before the bodies were removed. And like, it's very Jean Bonnet Ramsey. Oh, right? my God. 
somebody took a piece of the father's skull as like a souvenir. People are really so awesome. Like, like, yeah. Honestly, how disgusting. Honestly. Wow. I mean, they talk about that with lynchings back, back in the day where people would take pieces of the tree that the person was lynched on. Like, Why? Just to say that you were there. Anyway, those are, that, that was mine. I, I was wow. surprised about that axe murder one because I'd never heard of that one. I've never heard of that one. Michelle's officially the overachiever in the yeah, group. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Wow. I got one that I saw on TV that scared the bejesus out of me. And it's even scarier than I originally thought. It is the Penhurst Asylum. Originally named Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. It's 25 miles outside of Philadelphia, and it opened in 1908. And at the time, it was a model, modern facility. It was developed because there was this national trend in the United States where they were like, we need to keep defective deranged, unfit people out of mainstream society, right? So they were establishing mm. all these insane asylums around around the country. We never would have made it. Right? <laughs> we been, just my size alone, she'll be like, she's unfit. She's unfit. <laughs> that one needs chains. That one needs chains. Oh my God. I was like, I can't even Awful. count how many mental illnesses I have on one hand. Like I would be there. Like, I know. <laughs> and think, no Xanax. No, I no. no, yeah, no Prozac. Yeah. Just a lobotomy and then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so it cared for the mentally disabled, but a lot of people weren't disabled at all. They were orphans or just poor people mm. in society oh. or even criminals oh. were housed there. Yeah, it was wow. it was pretty bad. Wow. And they just mixed them all together, they just mixed them all together. And they called every person in the facility that was being treated there. And I use treated in air quotes yeah. as the children. That's what they call them. The children. Oh, no, it's creepy and condescending. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rude. Over the eight decades of operation, more than 10,500 individuals resided in the 1,400 acre facility. When it first opened within four short years, the facility swelled past its recommended occupancy. At its peak, it housed 3,500 people, but it was only really built for and could accommodate 1,700. Oh, God. Oh, God. Due to the shortages in resources and staffing, the treatment of the patients was horrific. And (laughs) yeah, it gets bad. Some of the family members were like communicating to one another and started a coalition to be advocates for these patients because of that. In the 60s, it was brought to the attention of the local NBC affiliates. So they did a story, a five piece um, investigative piece on Pennhurst. It's called Suffer the Little Children, and it is available on YouTube, and it is absolutely the most horrifying thing you can ever imagine. (laughs) Conditions at the Pennhurst Asylum were so bad. Bill Baldy, the investigative reporter for NBC, had trouble keeping crew on staff to film it. It's really, really something. Bill said that he'll never forget such images as emaciated residents swaying back and forth or curled up in balls. The children were tied to their beds. An infant ward 
of children from ages six months to five years, 80 of them in metal cages. These people, oh my God. children literally lying in their own feces for days. Oh. Yep. Dr. Fear, who is also seen on the doc- documentary, Suffer the Little Children. I'm who sorry. Is a- this doctor's name is Dr. Fear. That's his real name. Well, that's terrifying. It's re- and he is he maybe leg- don't become a doctor. Legitimately, <laughs> or change he was, your name. <laughs> he was being interviewed and he was saying that if you got out of line, there's not much he can do legally to discipline these people. So he came up with giving an injection of the most painful type to a patient who got out of line. No. And he was saying this on air. Also, he has been known. (laughs) This is just terrible. He's been known to isolate a person of normal and air quotes, normal mental capacities among those who have a profoundly low intellect level to get them in submission. And to see him on this documentary to say these things, these horrific things like straight face about children, it is the most cruel thing I've ever seen. Wow. So. Penhurst was prominent in uh, many several civil cases and lawsuits, including Haldeman versus Penhurst State Hospital, um, which was settled in 1984 and led to its closure three years later. So that's win for the good guys. Today, the former institution is the site of a haunted attraction where visitors are allowed to access the morgue, tunnels, and part of the original asylum buildings. I know. No, thank you. No. Penhurst offers overnight paranormal investigations and day tours. Penhurst was featured on The Haunting of with our girl Kim Russo. Yes. Ooh, and a second episode because Kim Russo had to go back to Penhurst because a hitchhiking spirit wouldn't leave her alone. So when what? she originally went there to um, discuss the haunting of with Beverly Mitchell of Seven Heaven fame, one of the spirits latched on to her and she had to go back to drop it off. Oh, my. yes. She's like, okay. and she's like a professional. And yeah. Like, can you imagine us there? We would be carrying all kinds of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the asylum was featured on the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Portals to Hell on A&E, where psychic Michelle Bellinger identifies an evil entity, not of human in spirit. I don't know. I don't know about using those kind of atrocities as a entertainment. Yes, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I don't like about it. Yeah, it's really bad. That documentary, that five piece documentary is worth watching because it is literally batshit. You're like, how is this happening in in the 60s in America? Yeah, Yeah. right outside of a major city. The Things that people have convinced themselves that are are okay still to to these days. But like back then when you're in if you're that doctor and you've convinced your staff and everything that this is what we're going to do. This is normal. This is okay. Like. And then to present it like, what? It's fine. Like, this is what we do. Like, no big deal. It's just crazy. What was crazy? It was like he was thinking outside the box. He's like, what are we going to do with such little resources? Like, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's really terrifying. Watch it and tell me what you guys think.
And to know the reason why that investigative journalist was talking about what he remembers from the facility is because when they opened it up in 2015 as a haunted location, he went on record. He's like, this is not an attraction. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, this is a place where horrible things happen oh, yes. to yeah. people. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that. But I, I agree with you guys when it comes to places like that, not not being an attraction. Even yeah. even the place that I was talking about is now a place where you can have ghost tours where these eight people died. And it's like, oh, really? Like, no, like, that's not OK. I yeah. think if if we were like as what Jennifer and I do is we go around the country and we use our psychic abilities, you know, yeah. I think if there's a place like that, people should be going to offer prayers like yes. candles and yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to have the ability to bring light to allow people to cross over. Yeah. To make them feel in peace and not afraid. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Instead of yeah. being entertained, be respectful, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly right. Yeah. Die. They're not here to like entertain you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my yeah. biggest pet peeve. Have you guys heard of, I've got to look it up. What we interviewed this girl, Rebecca. So we're doing two Halloween episodes, one with you Ooh, guys yay. and one with Rebecca. Camry House. It's a historic Icarian home and it's in Nauvoo, Illinois. Okay. Jill, and, we were in Nauvoo, I think, weren't we? Stop it. I have to look at yeah. my phone. Hold on. <laughs> we go so many places, you guys, just for fun. Like if it's in oh, Illinois, yeah. we were just probably like hanging out on a Saturday. It's like, <laughs> I guess it's kind of hard to find. That's what it looks like. Okay. Camber house. Okay. But it's, it's a wedding venue and they do ghost tours, but it's been in their family. It was <gasps> owned by the Cambry house family or whatever the family name was. And then it got sold into Rebecca's family and she's owned it. Her family has owned it now for generations and she just coexists with the spirits that are occupied there. And one of them is the, one of the original owners and he's, he's very protective of the space and whatever her mom comes, she always wants to like move the furniture and like change the curtains and all this stuff. And he locks her out. He'll do things like he'll like lock the door and like mess with things. So she can't get in the house. But the second Rebecca comes like Rebecca sleeps there sometimes, like they have another house and you know, they have an understanding her and this guy about, you know, well, it's like her weird. key is the only key that works. Like nobody else's key will work. And he only will let you in if he feels like you're not going to like mess with the place. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I don't, uh, unless he's paying rent, I don't want him to have that kind of license <laughs> in my house. You know what I mean? I'll be like, come on. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't know. I like experiencing spirits that are of the light, like feeling mm-hmm. that energy spirits that haven't crossed over are very different for me. And I don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I really don't because they're dramatic and they're like, I don't want that. I don't need yeah. that. I don't need your drama ghost. Like just <laughs> cross over already. Yeah. Like, come on guys, like get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Go towards the light and then we will talk. <laughs> yeah. When I cross over, I'm going to come back and like do funny things. That's going to be, be my shtick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be. Yeah. That's gonna be my like ghostly shtick is to be like clever and funny. Ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like make all these like funny ghost sounds. <laughs> my my husband died almost four years ago, and I still get little things here and there where I'm just like, "Can you stop? Because you're annoying me." Like, ah. There's one where I'll be texting on my phone and I have the swipe where like you can swipe text. But if I'm just texting normally, like just hitting the letters, my swipe will go off on its own and I won't even be like touching it or it's the weirdest thing. It just starts swiping on its own and I'll I'll let it go for a while. I'm like, okay, I know you're here. Like stop it because I'm trying to send a text. Like that's enough. And then it does stop, right? It does stop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or a lot of the time when I was using, um, a different computer. It's not this computer, but I would uh, be watching a show and then all of a sudden it would like pause or rewind or fast forward, like without me touching anything. And he always hated it when I watched TV that night. Cause that's how I would fall asleep. So I feel like it's just his way of being like, He's still trying to control the remote. Yeah. Yeah. Like football again. Yeah. Typical man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm cool with that, but I don't want to be scared. Like I don't want anybody to jump out at me or throw something across the room or anything like that. Like that's just too scary for me. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. So where can our listeners find you guys? Oh my gosh. So we are everywhere. If you type in, I did not sign up for this. We're on every major podcast platform and we're on Instagram and Facebook and yeah, we release new episodes every Tuesday and we're so excited to have you ladies on in the month of October to talk. We try to like, you know, we, I think October is our favorite month because we try and do like spooky or paranormal type things. So yeah, uh, check us out and let us know what you think. We're also on awesome. TikTok, if that's your thing. Ooh. Nice. I do embarrassing little videos on TikTok. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're there. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, we had so much so fun. fun. Oh, yeah, this was so great. We had so much fun. I, yeah. yeah, it was great. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys next weekend when we record for your show. Yeah. And- As always, find us at Common Mystics Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But if you happen to be on Apple, please leave us a positive review so other people can find us. Thanks. Thanks.